Amen. Lord, hallelujah. Well, he's a God of too much. If you believe that, stand up and give Jesus a hand. Them sisters used to do in the old days. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory yeah. be to God. Is that okay? Yeah. Hey, this God we serve is a God that will not let you down in times of trouble. That's right. He's a God that will pay your house payment. Yeah. Take care of them kids when they're acting up. He's a God that can take care of you when you're in the hospital. He'll bring you out in times of trouble. He'll cause things to happen that you've never known would ever happen in your life yeah. if you let him. Right. Well, it's a good God. Say, let me make a little plug for the early morning class. Uh, well, I don't know what all this is. The early morning class is called uh, Discovery Hour. And it starts, thank you, my brother. It starts at... Uh, uh, 9.30 in the morning. So you want to get get up early. I know it's hard. I'm trying to make a little room up here for Big Daddy. You know, when you get too excited and tear the place up for Pastor gets back. So uh, at 9.30, we have a great class. You need to get up and come down. The Lord will bless you. And each week it grows and grows and grows. Listen, we had Uncle Russ, which is uh, Russ Fuster, my oldest boy. He... Uh, he taught the class this morning, and they had a hoedown uh, for Jesus. Last week, they laid hands on the sick. Did they do it? Well, give Jesus a hand. But I got to thinking this morning, Becky had them old songs on, and, and I, got, I got my little rag out, and I thought, well, let me take my old school rag and the sisters every Sunday when y'all, you may not remember, but they come out waving them rags. Bless the Lord. Oh, holy God. Holy Ghost, get ready to move. My babies need a whipping guard. Get them up in church. And in the old days, you didn't want the mamas to pray for you. Because if they did, you was in trouble. Because if the mamas get to praying, you're coming to church or it's going to be hell around the house. You ain't going to hardly make it till you get up and get to church. Can y'all see me up here? Well, I can barely see you. It's like being in a theater. You know, I can't always see you. Uh, in the old days, I had, a, not the old days, but I had a girl, she was in our choir up at, uh, I ain't going to tell you her name, you may know her, and uh, up at Franklin, when we passed in Franklin, she sat up in the choir, man, in the platform, get to falling asleep, and then the folk down in there, man, and one day I went to her, she almost fell out the chair. I said, now listen, sissy, and she was a leader in the church, good person. I said, you need to quit falling asleep up there. You, Them drugs going to kill you. Oh, no, Pastor, I've been praying. <laughs> So, <laughs> if you get tired, just start praying, you know, uh, to keep you awake. Now, I only got a few minutes, so I'll get right into my lesson. They gave me a couple more minutes uh, to uh, get started, because it's hard for me to preach in a half an hour. I mean, I could lay down and preach. Ain't no telling how long I could preach. I mean, I could sit in this chair over here and tell just big preacher stories and stuff like that, you know. Uh, in the old days, preachers had to tell a lot of jokes and stuff. And that reminds me in that same church up there, and I'll get started here in a minute. I have folk up at the platform. I said, look, whatever it is you need from God, you need to come on up and get it. And uh, God's going to give it out. It doesn't cost you a dime. It's free. So folk had a lot of needs. You know, folk were sick. Just a lot of things going on in life. And uh, this one old girl came up, and I'm not going to tell you her name. She said, Pastor, she was a little stout. How many of you know what that means? <laughs> 
She was a little heavy. Not, not bad. I like them a little heavy. I don't like too skinny. So then uh, she said, Pastor, I, I just can't. I got to get this weight down. I said, okay, you know. And then she said, uh, 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 you need to go on and pray for me to help me. Well, uh, so I laid hands on her. I said, come out, you spirit. You, you spirit of gluttony. Come on out. And the spirit spoke up to me and said, give me a cookie and I will. <laughs> So that's not true. Uh, see, I could go right on, but I better stop and get to preaching. I don't want my baby boy to come up and straighten me up. He's my pastor now. And I remember when he played that guitar when he was a kid, we would turn him down. He would work it too. He'd be up here working it. See, working that guitar. He couldn't play a note. Didn't even know where the strings was hardly at. Because we had him turned down. But he's a great guitar player now. He's a good man of God now. Uh, I know the Lord's going to take care of them while they're on the road this week. Well, they'll be back this afternoon. So let me get started. I could go on and on. I understand that uh, in the uh, Bible class this morning, uh, they talked about uh, David. Uh, am I right? Y'all talked about David. Okay. And we know David was an awesome man of God. He was the king of Israel. He, was, he began as just a little shepherd boy. And uh, his father was named Jesse. So... So uh, they needed a king in Israel. The folk cried all the time, and they would whine. Other countries had kings, and, and Israel didn't have any. You know, they were kind of at the mercy of what's going on in the tribe. So uh, uh, they prayed for a king. So uh, the uh, prophet, who was it, Samuel? Yes, yeah, Samuel said, Look, go out and get uh, one of uh, Jesse's boys and bring him up here. Well, I think he had seven or eight, and finally nobody was... Uh, qualified to be king of Israel. He said, do you have anybody else? He said to Jesse, you have any other kids? He said, well, we got a little shepherd boy. He's 12 or 13 or 14. He's out in the field. He's just a little shepherd boy. And uh, he said, well, bring him up here. The prophet said, bring him up here. And uh, when, uh, when the prophet laid eyes on him, he saw that this would be the next king of Israel. Uh, at, the, at that time, Saul, big, tall, good-looking, red-headed boy, got too big for his britches. So Samuel had to replace him, and uh, uh, it was David. He was uh, humble. His approach was, look, I'll do whatever you need me to do. And he carried lunch out to all the fighters. There was this big old bully. Some of you all know who I'm talking about. His name was Goliath. And uh, he just pushed folk around. I mean, he dared anybody. He was a Philistine. He was a heathen. He was a Philistine, and he would dare anybody in Israel to come out and fight with him. Bible says he's like 10 feet tall. He was just a big old giant. Some of y'all went to school with people like that, just bullies, uh, you know, big old slugheads. He was one. <laughs> And uh, so what happened was uh, he insulted everybody in the, in, in, uh, in the, uh, in the uh, army. They had troops out there. Sentries were out there. No one would fight him. They were afraid. David walked up. He didn't have a weapon. He said, who is this I hear insulting the king's army? So well, that, David, that's Goliath. You know, that's that big, terrible bully out there. He's killed so many men before, nobody can take him out. David said, what? He reached down, and I'm paraphrasing now. He got a hold of a little slingshot, three or four stones, and he walked out. 
and he dared Goliath to step out on the battlefield. Well, Goliath began laughing. Matter of fact, both sides of the army said, who is this young boy? This little scrawny looking boy going to go out and he don't have a weapon. He's got a slingshot. And when the battle began, he reached back and he put a stone in that slingshot. Bow! He let it go and he hit him right here in the temple area and killed him. Then he walked up on him, took his sword from him, and he said, who is this Philistine that would defy my God? Who is this Philistine that would stand and defy the armies of God? And he reached down, he took his head off, and he held it up, and he walked back in the enemy. The war was over. Now, all of Goliath's troops, they were big like he was. They got to running, son, just like a hound dog was on them. They got to moving out. Because, see, when God's in it, he's in control. God can do all things. All you need to do is say, yes, Lord. See, God doesn't need our power. Our power is nothing. See, we're nothing without Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was on the cross that you and I would have power and the victory over the enemy. Oh, I like it. Now I could go on about David, on and on and on. Now you know, uh, here I go. I might, I might throw these notes out. Oh, by the way, hide off the press. <laughs> Yellow pages, see. I got four or five, it won't take me long. Uh, wow, Lord help me with this. So I got, you know, years ago when I began preaching, I was a real young guy and uh, and uh, my Aunt Bonnie, she, was, she would play the uh, Martin guitar, and she'd sing old songs like, This little light of mine, hey, I'm going to let it shine. And she would go on and on. One day she came in, said, Russell, that's what they used to call me, Russell. I, don't, I haven't sinned all year, bless God. And I'm going to tell you something, that if you're going to preach, I heard you was going to preach, you need to know this. You don't, look, folk don't like no big fat preachers and bringing old sermons off the shelf. Get a fresh one. And I always remember that. I was a little overweight, but I wasn't quite like she looked. Uh, uh, so I always remember, get something hot. Now, when you're evangelizing, you can use them. But here's when you get caught. If you're evangelizing, you're going around churches, say, and back in the old days, these sisters back here, remember, I'd go up to say this church on the corner and preach a little bit, and I'd talk about the fire's hot. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was thrown in the fire. Well, I'd use that same sermon the next week. But so God used me in a big way. He'd have folk follow me. And I'd bring that out, and I got, got to look at old same folk, same message. So uh, you had to be careful. Uh, when you use them. Now, if you go out of state, you're in pretty good shape. Because them tightwads in the church are not driving too far. <laughs> Let me get on my message, man. You guys had enough yet? <laughs> Let me know if I get too loud. I've been known to get loud. Okay. We're going to talk about David now. The title of my message is God is Still God. Amen. See, it doesn't make any difference what you think. It doesn't make any difference about anybody's opinion. Don't care if you got the license plate that God said it is citizen. Ain't got nothing to do with anything. God is still God. In the hard times, he's God. In the good times, he's God. Just because your rent is due gives you no, no you, you have any right to get down on God. You need to go to work and pay the rent. Getting quiet now. <laughs> Woo! See, back in the old days, if the folk didn't jump up and run, you go up to Frisch and say, boy, that was a bad service. So if you feel like running, help yourself. Just go on and run around, go out that door and come back in this one. 
Years ago, I was holding a revival down in Georgia, and I took my shoes off and I threw them. And I've been hearing a mess over that ever since. <laughs> Becky said, why did you take your shoes off? I said, because I was standing on holy ground. You should have took off them high heels, mama, and got up with me. And I'm getting ready to run through that door. And when I did, here come the pastor, and we almost killed each other out in the hallway. Woo, Scoot God started doing that watusi like that. When you get happy for Jesus, go and let it out. Hey, if you go down here to this ballpark down here and get loud, when the, when the brother throws the leather around, I know you can get loud for Jesus. Yeah. Woo! Hallelujah. Hey! Now see, listen to what I'm getting ready to tell you. I'm getting ready to teach you something your mama didn't teach you. I'm getting ready to teach you something you didn't learn in school. You can only learn it through experience. Somebody drifted in here today, a few of you. You're in a valley. You got a lot of problems going on. Things is not right. Some of you can't pay your rent. You ain't telling nobody. You're going to barely get to Friday like it was in the old days. See, back in the old days, when I didn't go to church, I'd just go see what I could steal. You know, because I didn't know Jesus. I knew his name. But I didn't know Jesus. So back in the old days when the kids was little like this, I did whatever it took because that's the way I was raised on the streets. But once I learned Jesus, I knew the right way. Some of you have served notice to your spouse. Some of you said, look, I'm getting ready to divorce. Some of you been, don't raise no hands in this house. Some of you been cheating on your spouse. You know, your partner. Y'all may not marry, but you're still hooked up. And if you're hooked up, you know, you're out running around doing your thing. Getting quiet now. That's what I like. And I'm getting ready to hang some clothes out on, on the laundry. I'm going to hang them. I'm getting your closet. Just a minute. Because, see, I'm not, the, I'm not the lead pastor. Next week, I'll be sitting down there with you. See, and if I could take it, you could take it. So some of you drifted in here. You're saying, I need a new job. You got to get a job. I can't pay the rent. <coughs> some of you may be saying, Pastor, I don't even know if I'm saved. Man, you know, I come to church and I talk about Jesus because mom and dad has always talked about Jesus. This is my oldest boy. Let's give him a hand. Hey. Yeah. See, the devil tried to take me out this week. So both of my moms, I mean, Russ and uh, my wife, uh, you know, did you take your medicine? Did you drink water? How's the temperature? What's your vitals like? I almost, they almost killed me before I could get back to the doctor. So finally one day I said, look, is it okay if I get well? So this week, man, I've been running around. My oxygen is up 97. You know, uh, my, all my vitals are great. I've been, I'm ready to run a marathon. Uh, I've been out in the yard talking to the neighbors, and I see them kind of ducky when I go, here come an old preacher, he talk too much. And, and uh, y'all need to pray for me because I'm getting ready to run for governor of the, of the neighborhood. You know, because we don't have no HOA. I don't deal like that. Ain't nobody going to tell me what to do if I want to put up my old lawnmower out there in the yard and leave it three or four days. I'm getting ready to do it. And since I hang around with them folk up in Middletown, I might just pull a car out in the front yard and lift the hood up and let it stay all week. <laughs> let me get back to my notes. <laughs> oh, that's good, that living water. Woo! Okay, now watch. God's still God. Are you guys with me? Yeah. It doesn't make any difference what you think and what I think. 
See, God created me and he created you. He created the universe, the stars, the moon, the sun. He created these chairs right here, this platform right up here, and this microphone. See, the real me is behind these two holes on my face. The real me is the spirit. See, you really don't know me. You just see how pretty I look on the outside. Nice yellow checkered shirt. Got my hair all combed back nice. You don't know me, though. The real me is inside of this body. I just live in this body. Just like y'all do. Let me get a close look. I see you behind them holes on your face. You're a spirit. You got that yet? So now one thing the spirit will never do is die. You might say, well, Pastor, you got that wrong. I've been out there. They put them in boxes and stuff, and they bury them in the ground. No, they don't. They bury that shell, that house you live in. But your spirit will never get buried. That's right. Well, unless you get into another denomination, they believe you will. But in this denomination, free, we're just free, open. The Bible tells us that the spirit will be in the presence of the Lord, or it won't be. Now there's a place called paradise. <laughs> Jesus said, he told the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. So he repented and said, Lord, you know, remember me in your kingdom. He said, okay, no problem, I'll take you. And I don't know where paradise is, and you don't know where it is either. But I know one thing, if you was to pass before this day is over, you'll be in the presence of the Lord. Paul said to be absent from the body would be to be present with the Lord. Now I call that paradise because Jesus did. Isn't that cool? So you'll never die. Prepare yourself. When you leave this building, there should be a sign hanging right out there on that door. Welcome to the war zone. Right. Because the enemy's waiting on you out there. And he will chop us up like mincemeat unless we apply the blood of Jesus. See, we can't fight the enemy on our own accord. See, it takes God to fight the enemy. Do you believe that? See, God is the big warrior. He's the one that gives you power for battle yes. against the enemy. And on top of that, the enemy's a liar. He'll tell you stuff like, you're not saved. You don't go to church. Well, that crazy fool. Oh, he's the king of lies. Going to church has nothing to do with knowing Jesus. I know a whole lot of folk that go to church that need to get Jesus. Don't raise your hand now. Don't raise your hand. Be careful. Uh, we're in the presence of the Lord. So if I take my shoes off, that means I'm standing on holy ground. I hope you got that, Becky. You know, that reminds me of that commercial, that brother on TV. I love it when he does it. Y'all may have seen it. He, he's standing in front of the, uh, uh, I think, the Statue of Liberty or something. And he said, you get forgiven. They forgive you when you have an automobile accident. And he looks at his wife. I think her name's Wheezy or something. said, you hear that, Wheezy? And I think he just threw that in there. See, the brother was out of line. But it is the truth. Sometimes we're harder on ourselves or those who live with us than what God is. God loves us. He's a kind God, a loving God. He's a God that will, he sent his son and died for you. You, didn't, you don't have to die. He, he sent his son to die. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord. Say, I believe in it. Jesus died some 2,000 years ago. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and I. Oh, that's good. Now let me try to get to my notes. Okay, so no matter what your situation is, God is still God. Regardless of your circumstances, God is still God. When you've lost something or maybe you've lost someone. This past year, we've had a lot of folk go on and be with the Lord, moms and dads and Children, we've got folk in the church who have lost children. You may be in a valley. 
You may be on the valley and you're trying to get to the top of the mountain. And God is on top of the mountain. You've heard me when I pray at times. Lord, if you do it, we'll shout it out on the mountain. Because, see, he's the God in the valley. <laughs> and he's the God on the mountaintop. See, he's the God always. You may be traveling up the rough side of the mountain trying to get to the top. But you need to know one day you will. God will not let you down in times of trouble. He hears your prayers, your cries. He knows everything about you. He knows more about you than your family knows. Can you believe it? See, God knows you can't trick God. See, God is not into the business of being tricked. He doesn't think like God. The Bible says his ways is not our ways. Our little finite thinking, our little pea brain thinking is nothing like his infinite all-knowing wisdom. Am I making sense? I'm smarter than I look. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Some of you get that going on the way home. So then look. Hello. <laughs> you know, years ago, man, when we passed her, I'd pick the phone up. If somebody would, I'd get to look at And somebody wasn't in there. See, I knew they was home having coffee and donuts, and they didn't make it to church. So I picked my phone up, and I would dial them. And I got them live, see. We could call pastor right now, but we won't. Uh, <laughs> and you, you be looking. Now, right away, I tell them, look, don't cuss the preacher out. I got you on the microphone. <laughs> And then where are you at? You didn't make it. Boy, they better have an excuse in them days. I'm sick. I'm on hospital. I'm, I'm flying high. I'm on vacation. Better have some excuse. Don't just be sitting at the table and we got church going on. You better lock it up. And if the preacher come and knock, hi, oh, hi, that's a preacher out there. And then a couple times, I, I was famous for making house calls. I like house calls, man. In the old days, we would visit. Hi, how you doing, Betty Boop? Everything all right? Well, get your Bible out. I'm going to show you a verse. Well, Pastor, I'm looking for it. Yeah, let's see. I I'm looking for. Hey, Harold, did you see the Bible? Last time I had it was when your mother was here a year before last. Can't even find the Bible. Oh, wait a minute. Here it is. Man, you better wipe that off. The dust is all over. <laughs> this is what the Bible looks like. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Yeah. You know that song, don't you? What's them old timers say? Yep, yep. I wish somebody stand up and sing that song about he's God on the mountain and he's God in the valley. Does anybody know it? Just stand up and sing it. I know if Lena was here, she would sing it. Lena would sing it. She used to be in our little group here, and I went to try to sing country like. It was very difficult. And uh, she said, Brother Simon, I got this. And uh, she just hummed it out like a bird. Uh, when you get them songs down in your heart, uh, you'll sing them to yourself. You'll go around and sing them. Uh, it's beautiful to know God's uh, uh, music. So like David, now here we get back to King David. The Psalms, in the book of Psalm, uh, David wrote mostly all of the Psalms. And that just simply is singing. David was a singer. The Psalms are songs that he would make up, sing. He'd, he played the fiddle or something, didn't he? He was an instrument. What was the harp? Yeah, he'd get out and take his shirt off and he'd dance before the Lord. I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. And he made up all these songs, which we call psalms. And uh, uh, he was, uh, when he wrote the 23rd Psalm, let's get into the 23rd Psalm we talked about in our class. 
That was probably a, a thousand years before Christ ever came around. Christ wasn't around, and you hear preachers talk about the 23rd Psalm at funerals. And which is good. We should always quote uh, the 23rd Psalm just to please folks. See, everybody likes to get saved at the funeral and then they go out that night and celebrate it. So, so one thing I try not to do when I do funerals, I don't try to get nobody to heaven. If you don't know Jesus too late, because I'm not going to get you there. If I, you know, you got to get there on your own accord. When the rapture takes place, don't be tying no ropes on me. I'm gone. <laughs> I'm up out of here. I've been trying to preach it to my wife a long time and uh, uh, I think she got it. Uh, no, I'm just kidding now. I'm just kidding there. Some of these folk don't get a whole lot. I know we have some babes in Christ and I got some old time jokes and I would never offend you. My purpose today is you're sitting here most likely if I could get a raise of hand and I won't. You have problems in your life. Uh, when you go home you'll begin you'll pick up on a fight that you you left when you left the house. Uh, like Becky and I used to get in the car and we would fight all the way. Nose holes was open. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the way to church, just working. Yeah. And then we would go into the church and praise Jesus, you know, which is appropriate. I'm not carrying that in God's house. And uh, so get back out in the car, start right back over. Let's see, where was we? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so folk don't get along. And uh, you might be saying, Lord, I can't take no more of this pressure, you know. I've worked this honey-do list every way I know to work it. I just can't hardly take no more. You need, to, you need to break all the pencils in the house or just send me somewhere on vacation. You know, I'm getting tired of living in the attic. I'm tired of just sneaking around that woman. And uh, if that's you guys, you need to make amends. Sit down and deal with her. Why fight with her? And what I like about married folk, even if you're not married, you just got it. You're hanging out with somebody. Some of you just hang out all the time, you know. Uh, if you're not married, you get out in front of folk and you just change so quick. Oh, hi, how you doing? How you doing? Everybody's so pleasant. And what I, what I can't understand is, and I know this is very hard to swallow. Why in the world would you treat somebody out in this world better than some of your family? Why would you treat somebody that's a stranger or just an acquaintance better, better than you would treat your own family people? See, God's not pleased with that. You need to get your attitude straight. Uh, and how do I know? I've been there. See, I'm just like you guys. There's over 7 billion people walking around, and we've all got problems. When you get in your car today, you'll look out at folk that cry when they're driving. They just can't take no more. Nobody likes them at work. They're hard to deal with. Folk just lost maybe mom or dad. <clears throat> Their kids have cussed them out, left the house. Some of them won't get up out of the house. Just chaos in the house, chaos in the camp. Life is a struggle. So you come to church because just for a moment, for an hour or so, you get a chance to say hi to folk that treat you nice. You come to church and get a cup of coffee or a pop and it gives you time to go out and eat dinner. No pressure from your employer. And it's wonderful, unless you've got that deep-rooted situation. It's like a plague that's haunting you. You may have cheated on your spouse. You can't tell nobody. You pray that person doesn't tell anybody you've been with. You can't confess your sins because it could cause a problem. The Bible says make restitution when possible, if you can. 
But don't go out and get in the car. And Simon said, I'm going to tell you, I was with your sister last week because the preacher said to tell you. No, no, don't do that. You got enough problem. The next problem would be called divorce. You just need to ask God to forgive you for your sin. And guess what? He will. See, he's a just God and a kind God and a love, loving God. Am I making sense? Yeah. yeah, I like this kind of preaching. I'm not getting too loud yet. I'm going to be calm this week. Let me get back to my notes. Okay, let me just read you some scripture. You guys, you theologians know a lot of this scripture. But I just want to kind of bring it back to you, bring it back to your memory. I love looking at my old Bible. I carry that Bible to Israel. I preach with this Bible right here on the Mount of Olives. I stood out on a boat like the old boats. Sissy, you know what I'm talking about back there. And, then, and, and the boy threw the net out like Jesus was standing on it when they went fishing on the Sea of Galilee. Here I was from downtown Cincinnati, born in the uh, government projects, and I'm standing at the end of that boat and it's rocking. I'm talking about Jesus. And I'm getting loud and focused receiving God right now. And here I'm preaching on that. Then we go, we would land that thing and eat a little fish and uh, a lot of fish over there. And uh, first thing I would look for when I got there was, where's the bacon yeah, for breakfast? They don't have no bacon, no pork chops, nothing like that. Cause see, ain't no pig in Israel. They don't eat that swine. Let me get back to the subject. <laughs> so here I am, man. I've been up on Masada, the last stand where the Jewish folk was being overtaken by Nebuchadnezzar in 70 AD. And here they're up there climbing up on the mountain, getting on the mountain to get away from the enemy. You've been there too, sissy. I've been down on the Red Sea. You can't sink down there. I mean on this, uh, the Dead Sea. You can't sink. You get lay right out on the water and you can't go down. You just read like I'm reading this Bible. Just lay back and read the Bible and float. You can't sink in the Dead Sea. Am I telling the truth, sissy? I'm telling the truth. Yeah, I've been all down through there. Let's talk about David when he wrote this 23rd Psalm. Now, a lot of folks say that's that's for funerals. Well, the only reason I'm reaching it here because look, half of you look dead. You look cold. You don't know Jesus. First Simon 8 and 28 says that. So now watch. David's walking down through the valley. This is about a thousand years before Christ was born. There wasn't no funeral service. If you look at the Temple Mound, you've seen it over with that big dome on it. You got that big old dome on it, and you got all them heathen going in there, and they bound down on these rugs inside there. I've been inside that dome, and they bound down because they say their prophet Mohammed resurrected from there. Tradition tells us that Mount Zion. I don't know if it is or not. Uh, so anyway, that's there's a lot of belief there, uh, uh, but the dome means nothing to us. Mohammed isn't our Savior. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is at the right hand of the Father. He's not my God. They worship a God called Allah. I don't care nothing about no Allah or hoo-hoo. I, I worship Jehovah God. Yeah. Yeah. That's the God I'm talking about. Randall, you know what I'm talking about now. You didn't come to know uh, Allah. You didn't come over and say, where's the prophet at? I don't care nothing about that prophet. <laughs> Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. And when I accepted Christ as my Savior, it's just like a horse when you tell him, giddy up, and he's pulling that wagon. He's got them blinds on each side. You can't look to the left. You can't look to the right. You just keep looking straight. You just keep going. And if you're a farmer, when you're getting ready to, to dig them, uh, what they call them, furrows or burrows or whatever, you look way down to the other end and hang a flag on it like that. Don't look down here. Just look straight on out. You get that good straight. Just like when you guys is mowing the lawn out there. Don't look down here and 
try to get your stripes real pretty. They won't be. Look down to the other. Make one stripe. Look all the way down to the end. Oh, and I'm coming, Lord. Just right on. That's how you get to heaven. You don't look to the left or right. That's good preaching, boy. I'm telling you what. Yeah. Uh, so here we go back to David. David said, look, I got problems. Uh, king Saul is jealous of me. God has called me to be king, and I can't harm him. He could have killed King uh, King uh, Saul at any time he wanted and took the throne, but he wouldn't. He respected the man of cloth. He was the king. So God, he put it in God's hands. So David's walking down. There's a valley. If you're looking at that big, uh, most pictures you see is coming from the Mount of Olives looking down, or the Wailing Wall. That's the west side, and that's where them brothers get up and do this right here. See, they do that four times a day. I don't care where they're at. If you're in a plane with them, they stand up and do it on the plane. They, they look toward Jerusalem. And, and they, uh, the Hebrew, I'm talking Orthodox Jews. See, they'll, they'll be doing this, see, and giving praise to God, respectful. So now if you come right on around, on the other side, just the opposite side, is, is the eastern wall, which is, uh, there, there's, there's a doorway uh, sealed up there. Sissy, you've seen it. It's called the eastern gate. One day, Jesus, when he comes back to earth, he's going to walk right through that eastern gate. They've got it sealed up right now. See, them dummies think they're going to stop their creator from walking through the eastern gate. That's not going to happen. So David now, okay, and in this valley on the east side of the, am I making sense? Yeah. Okay, on this east side of this Jerusalem with the wall around it, you've seen pictures. Up here is the Mount of Olives looking down at it. Garden of Gethsemane right here at the bottom. But right down at the bottom, this valley goes like this. Right alongside adjacent of the eastern wall and goes out. And uh, that's called the Kenron Valley, which is a, a valley that when the sun sets on the west side, that'd be that Wailing Wall side, it sets down. This valley takes a shadow. David said, Yea, thou walk through the valley of the shadow of death. This valley he's walking down when he wrote it, some thousand years prior to any funerals we know of. So David's walking down. He could have lost his life because how many of you know in Israel, any, any eastern country at night is when you get hurt. You know, so travel in the daytime. They'll club you to death at night. The enemy will now, okay? So David had to get through because he knew that he was trying to be overthrown uh, even by his children. Was it Absalom? Was his one boy? Was beheaded? Am I thinking right, Jim? Yeah. He was riding a horse and got his head caught and, and, and come off and, and he was decapitated. His head was, if I got him right, Absalom, I think it was. So David was in harm's way and he knew that he had to say, look, God, I need your help. I'm a mighty warrior, but I can't go against you. I need your help to get out of this mess I'm in. And so he, he said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, that's not dying. That's not, look, the day I'm going to die, bury me, and I'm going to be with the Lord forever. That's No, no. He's talking about I'm living. Take care of me, God. So he's singing this song. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, oh, I will fear no evil. Disciples said no evil. Now listen, he was singing a song that was recorded, 23rd song. Well, I wish I had that up out there. Let me see. I did, I did bring one thing here today. I brought the New Living Word. I typed it out. This is against... My, my education. 
I don't get on computers a whole lot, so I type this out. And I like the way the living word uh, describes 23rd Psalm. Come on up, sis. Yeah, getting close. Y'all hang with me now. Uh, so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. David said, the Lord, David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And I, uh, he, he, let's see, the Lord is my shepherd. Here's the way the living word says it. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green pastures. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths. The path I'm on is the right path, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, the Kenron Valley, I will not be afraid. For you, being God, are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. They comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. With blessings. That's you guys. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life that I'm living. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Now that doesn't mean I'm dead. David didn't die. He lived many years after that, became king, <coughs> was a great king. And today when you go there, you'll see the star of David over Israel, and he is still their king. He doesn't take second, David didn't take second seat. He slipped up on Saul one night when Saul was sleeping, and he could have killed him. So he just took a part of his garment. He cut it off with his knife just to show that, hey, David, I've been here. Look. And he laid it aside. Could have took his life, but he wouldn't do it. Man of God. So you've drifted in here today. Some of you come on a regular basis. Some of you come sometime. But you've got problems. You really don't want to go home. Some of you got enough money just to eat dinner today and then take a short lunch. Maybe skip lunch and get to Friday. How many of you know God doesn't want you poor? He doesn't want you to do without. There's no scripture for that. God wants you to do well in life. He doesn't want you like I did in the old days. He had to go out and, and get the clothes hangers because my wife used them all the time. Uh, <clears throat> so I would take them out and take and put them on my muffler to hold it up. God doesn't want you to do it. No, uh -uh. he wants you to have something nice to drive. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He made all the money there is to make. He wants you healthy, wealthy, and wise. And just because you're sick this week, you haven't got to next week yet. You're not well yet. Just keep going till you get well. Am I making sense? You may not have that promotion to work and folk laugh at you. Well, let them laugh one day when you run into place. Have confidence. Be brave. Be courageous. The God we serve is a God that will not fail you in times of trouble. Am I making sense yet? Wow. Let me read you a little bit of scripture and we'll get out of here in a minute. I'm gonna have, here's the way my prayer will be today. It won't be long. It's just I'm gonna have you stand. And how many of you know Jesus as your personal savior? Just raise your hand if you know Jesus. Come on now, this is what I'm talking about. Look like we got a house full of saints. Cause God said if you be embarrassed of me, I'll be embarrassed in front of the Father Jehovah God of you. He said I would that you be cold or hot. 
or I will spew you out of my mouth. You can't trick God. You can't come up. It's not McDonald's. You just can't come up and order, okay, God, I'm going to be saved. Now give me that salvation. I want all that kind of stuff. Anoint me and sanctify me, God. Give me all that. Now you need to hold this other stuff back. I'm not working in the church. Hold that back. Hold the, hold the work in the church. Hold the, hold the work getting getting up early, being a living sacrifice, to get, get the babies out and get them in church. You just can't order what you want in the kingdom of God. See, we live in a kingdom the world don't live in. You got to take all or nothing. It's either all or nothing. I know I'm disappointing some of you folk, but there ain't no purgatory. Ain't no in the middle. Whew, that's good preaching. <coughs> Here we go. Now watch. John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from unrighteousness. You may be an unrighteous person. You may have some tricks up your sleeve nobody knows about. You guys maybe, and you women may be holding stories your spouse don't know about. You need to stop it. You need to stop it. Get your finger off the button. She'll catch you. All right, now Romans 8 and 1 says, there, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Oh, I like that kind of preaching. I like that. Here we go. Here's another one. Matthew 5 and 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Oh, that's nice. Romans, uh, or Revelation 1 and 18. I am alive forevermore. That's what Jesus said. I'm alive forevermore. John 11 and 25. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. See, you'll never die. You can never die. Physically, yes. But spiritually, no. You will always live as a spirit. Oh, I like that. What about when you're weak and you're in pain and you're sick? just seem like you can't get ahead of sickness and it's killing you, dragging you down. You're banking on one more day and you thank God for each and every day. You've come a long way. You need to know that Jesus said in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Oh, that's good preaching, see. Hey, y'all ain't amen to me enough. Somebody say hallelujah. Whoa, glory to God. Stand up and give him praise, church. Don't get me excited up here. I'm getting ready to preach. I'm preaching better than what you hallelujah. You need to get excited for Jesus. Don't make me come down there and preach. Let me get back to my notes. Stay up with me now. Stay up. Hebrews 4 and 16. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. That's you. If you've got a problem, you need Jesus. What about when we're broke and the closet's empty? Ain't no food up there and your mama's trying to plan the week out. You remember that old song? My kids got no shoes and I'm down with the blues and I'm busted. And I was just thinking about calling on you because I'm busted. See, sometimes you just don't have what it takes to make it through the week. Whew, that's good preaching. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Psalm 23 and 1, we just talked about the Lord is my shepherd. Hey, and I shall not want. 
You're not going to want one. You've got a shepherd like him. He's going to reach down. He says, my staff and my rod will comfort you. Now he's going to take that staff, got a hook on it. If you drift to the side a little bit, he's going to reach that right. And them babies want to get out in the flock. When they're going along, the shepherd's going like this. See, keeping them right there. He'll reach down with that little hook, get them by the neck, pull them little baby lambs back into the crowd. And then if there's a predator out there that wants to hurt some of them sheep and them little lambs out there, he's got the rod. The rod is to beat up on people. If you go to Israel today, you'll see them little uh, uh, gardens them boys make over there and them, them crops they've got planted. They'll be up all night. One of them walking with a, with a big stick. Going to club you to death if you get in their garden. If you try to steal their stuff. Well, that's where the shepherd was. If a wolf or somebody came, he would beat on them. See, staff and rod. He'll cause you to lie down in green pastures. In other words, he'll refresh your soul. He'll put you beside steel waters. He'll give you a fresh anointing. You need a fresh anointing. <laughs> give me two minutes. Give me two minutes. Psalm 55 and 2 says, Cast your cares up on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. You need to know that. He will never let you fail. It will not happen impossible. He'll always be with you. Isaiah 40 and 11 says he tends to his flock. Here it is. Like a shepherd, he gathers his lambs in the arms and he carries them up close to his heart. Right here, Jesus got you. And he gently leads them baby lambs. So mama got them kids coming to church and going, letting them out at night, don't know what time they're coming home. God said, look, I'm going to bring them right up. I'm going to cradle them. The Bible says bring up a child in the way it should go. And when it's older, it shall not depart. You say, well, I brought my kids to church and they were there living like heathens. Hey, you're not dead yet. Give them time. I know I was voted the most likely to fail in life when I was a boy. <laughs> that ain't true now. I'm serving my Jesus. Matthew 11 and 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Ephesians 4 and 31. Now, here it is. Now, stay with me. I'm getting ready to close. It's what you need to remember. Whenever you become bitter and you're mad, folk doing better than you. The folk in church do better than you. Your next door neighbor got a nicer this and nicer that. You need to know that has nothing to do with God. They, they may be holding three jobs and you got one. Don't get mad. Don't get bitter. Now, I've been bitter. I'm not going to tell the story. I would offend somebody. But I've been bitter before. I've been beat up and abused, knocked around, just like some of you folk. You've been mistreated. You've been looked overlooked in your life by even your family members. You walk into the crowd. As soon as you walk in, you, there it is. And they say to themselves, oh, here they come because they had you for lunch. You just wasn't there. You feel that. Folk are like that. See, this is the devil's world out there. He's the king of this world. The devil is a liar. He will cause you to almost kill yourself. I can't take no more. Pastor, I just can't take no more. Let me give you a news flash bulletin. Yes, you can. You need to apply the blood of Jesus. It ain't over till God says it's over. So let me tell you what Ephesians 4 and 31 says. Get rid of all bitterness rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ has forgiven you. 
Have I made sense today? I hope I didn't step on any feet. Because I got to come back next Sunday and live with y'all. Oh, Pastor, good preaching, good preaching. Yeah, huh? I undressed you. I got in your closet. I aired all that out. But when you leave this building today, you need to say, look, the preacher was telling the truth. I'm in a lot of trouble. I got problems. I haven't told my spouse I'm going to lose my job. She thinks everything's fine, or he thinks everything's fine. <laughs> I've been walking out there with automobile parts out of that factory so long. I got that new car I built in the garage. I've been stealing them up and down. Y'all need to put that stuff back down and get back what you can in life. Now, some of you have been so ornery, you've been so bad, you can't make restitution. I mean, when you was kids, all they, anybody knew you in the family, they had to go visit you over there at the youth center. You stayed on jail and on probation, and it's haunting you. And right now, you have a problem as an adult. Don't blame that on your mom and dad. Blame it on yourself. You're old enough to be accountable for what you do in life. You need to say mom and dad did the best they could do at the time they did it. Don't you worry about how mama reached over there and slapped you in the face. You probably needed it. Some of them, some of y'all got hit too hard. You don't look too right. <clears throat> okay, enough. Let's, let's pray. Everybody, let's pray. First of all, I will say, God, right now, I heard the... Every hand, I saw every hand go up for those who know you as their personal Savior. And I want to ask again, if there's anyone in the building that doesn't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I want you just to lift your hand. I want to pray for you. I won't make you come up here. I just want to pray for you. If you don't know Christ and you would like to know Christ and you would have that assurance that one day if something would happen to you, the family would know that you're with Jesus Christ. If you want to know Christ and you want to be saved, just lift your hand up and take it right back down so I can pray for you. Okay? All right? The second move of this prayer is it's going to be about our burdens and our problems. God, right now we come to you knowing that we're laying before your feet, God. All the burdens we have. We've been in the valley for a long time, God. I know, God, you need to help me. I can't put you on a shelf. You're not going anywhere, God. I'm coming up the right in the rough side of the mountain, God. You need to bring me up, God. Cradle me. Put my family in your arms. Put angels around me and bless my family, God. Give me that boldness I need in your name, God. Father, move in a mighty way. I have nowhere else to turn, God. I can't borrow enough to get me out of debt. God, I can't make nobody like me. I need you to humble me, God, before you. And when you do it, God, and I'm on the mountaintop, I'm going to shout it out loud how awesome you've been and how you brought me through and how things is going to be all right. And go with each and every person today, God. Cause them to let your word saturate them, God. Let them know that your word would not return void. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you guys. Give Jesus a hand, church.